You're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. So welcome back to this week's episode of Podiatry Marketing. And with me is my co-host, as usual, partner in crime, Big Jim. How are you doing? Tyson, I'm good. I'm, I'm never going to stop laughing when you call me Big Jim, but uh, 5'9", 150. I'm not, I'm not the biggest man on the planet, but uh, I appreciate the compliment. Uh, how, how are things in your world? Uh, good. You're only 150 pounds, eh? Yeah, I'm a runner, cyclist. You know, I'm a, I'm a tiny little man, so what can I say? Yeah, I'm about more than 150 at the moment. <laughs> I'm way more than 150. I reckon on a, if I really started to get into exercise a bit more, stop eating because I love food, I could probably get down to maybe 175 would be in pounds pounds wise. But I think at the moment I'm probably about 205. I'm a light heavyweight. Yeah. What are you going to do? Like that just... I love life. I was born with good genetics. I had good genetics until I hit 50. (laughs) And then my genetics sort of just disappeared one day. My mum used to always say, you can't fatten a thoroughbred. I'm here to prove her wrong. (laughs) <laughs> well i've got i've got five years i'll see how i end up at age 50 so we'll see yeah you'd be 151 so what are we talking about today jim so today we're gonna to talk about facebook ads for podiatry clinics that's going to be the uh the topic we dive deep into okay i've had a lot of people ask about facebook ads in general so where, where do you start if somebody wanted to know more about ads what do they do yeah, so I guess it starts off with just kind of understanding that platform obviously with facebook ads uh, there's different types of channels where, where if you put up a Facebook ad where it can show up. So first and foremost, like Facebook advertising platform controls Instagram as well. So when you're doing Facebook ads, you'll have an option to do Instagram ads at the same time. So just being aware of that. Do you pay double? Uh, and then you'll basically, no, well, you have a certain budget, right? So if yeah. you spread your ads on Facebook and Instagram and then Instagram feed versus Instagram search, you know, there's all these other places they want to put your ads. Uh, but generally, I, I recommend people kind of stick to the feeds uh, and start off with just Facebook to begin with. I think um, it's kind of the the platform where people maybe like 35 and over are at. And those are kind of most of the people that are making, you know, medical decisions uh, mm. uh, or maybe use, uh, you know, if someone's got a kid with an ingrown toenail or something. It's probably the parent that's going to see the ad, not the kid. So, um, you know, obviously the younger generation isn't on this platform as much, but I think for the time being, um, that that's kind of where it should where this should live at. I mean, Instagram. If you want to put on the the Instagram feed as well, but I would keep it to the main feeds. Um, and then, really, the next step after that, besides kind of where it should live within those platforms, is knowing the rules and regulations around medical advertising on those platforms. So, when you're talking about the main feed, that's just yeah, when we're normally scrolling through Facebook and you look at your friends and photos and hamburger pictures and all that. It's just they're they're the ads that you see coming through, and it'll say sponsored underneath. Yeah, 100%. That's where it's at. But if you also see like on the, if you're on desktop, you'll, you'll maybe see some ads in the upper right hand corner yeah. as well. Um, if you like search for something or if you look on Facebook Marketplace or there's different other areas kind of within Facebook where you might be served an ad, maybe you're on like the uh, mobile app and they have like the stories as well um, with that kind of like mobile phone image format. There are definitely other places to be at, but I think when you're first getting started, it's good just to kind of keep it pretty basic. So what works well in an ad? So if somebody, a lot of text or a photo, what what is the best way to get your message across? 
Sure. So I think the first thing to start off is like understanding the like the regulations and the rules around what you can and can't do on oh, the good Facebook point. platform. Yes, because, yes. You don't want to get your ass kicked. Well, you don't want to get your ass kicked, but just what happens is that like they just won't serve your ads yeah. because uh, you know, and this includes you know before and after photos are generally not allowed on Facebook. Um, also, anything that's like very kind of body uh, body part specific. Uh, not that it has, you know, if, if it's, you can talk about like an ingrown toenail or you can say the words, but you, any kind of graphic or images that show a body part, um, it, it's usually going to get flagged and that won't allow that ad to run. So it's important to kind of know these distinctions. And as you're getting started, it's not always clear. There's not like the guidelines are a little bit fuzzy as far as what Facebook will and won't uh, put out there. For example, like I've done Facebook ads for ingrown toenails. Um, let's say it's a video ad. Yeah. Uh, but so what the, the, if I if I run an ad that shows even a drawing of an ingrown toenail, like in like maybe like red pulsations where the pain of the ingrown toenail is happening, that will get flagged and they won't show it. Uh, but if I have a patient uh, doing a testimonial about how they had an ingrown toenail and like if it's like one of the podiatrists took care of it, generally that will go through. So it's important to like you know if you are doing a campaign to make sure you have different types of creative to run to make sure that like at least one of them will go through because sometimes you think you want to test two or three things but only one will actually make it through facebook's filters it was funny i ran an ad years ago and it was about something saying do you suffer from heel pain had a photo there of a foot wasn't wasn't a really bad looking foot it was a good looking foot actually mm -hmm. all of a sudden i get this message from facebook and they said sorry but your ad is offensive to anybody who has heel pain it was just, I was discriminating against people with heel pain. And I yeah. went, okay, so I had I, I changed the wording, got knocked back again, and I kept having to tweak it until I was sort of saying, do you have heel pain, but not saying, do you suffer, so that I wasn't discriminating against people with heel pain, which was really odd. No, there are these kind of ways you phrase things, right? If you like... If you pose a question that implies something or implies a diagnosis, like if it's, it, there are these little like, it, it seems if you want to help someone with a certain thing, you think you'd have to say that thing, but they're yeah. trying to like have you say it in a way that like, um, yeah, obviously like, I think it's, it's more towards those types of things are more about uh, like cosmetic surgery or things that maybe like are body shaming. And then they just kind of like extract those down to you. Yeah levels that maybe don't need to be extracted down to but just to protect it like kind of um to have like a hard guideline they will sometimes do those things like you said because it's not really a bunch of people in the room specifically looking at your ad is it it'd be algorithms and that flag certain words that automatically it just gets knocked back without someone actually right. looking at it right like we're talking about like that um as we set up a campaign there's all kinds of like targeting and different types of options about who we're going to show these yeah. ads to right kind of like when you like whether you do it yourself or you have someone do it for you, there's these different parameters you're going to set up uh, to determine about who sees this advertisement, right? So is it people from 18 to 65? Is it, are you going after, like, like let's say if it's like you're treating some people with high heel pain, right? So that's probably a woman, women, you know, of professional working age, you know, between like 30 and 60, like you're going to run that ad and you can actually have only those people have it show up on their profile. Uh, you can also put, you know, a geolocation around the, where these advertisements are sh shown on Facebook as well. So if you're a clinic in a suburban area and you want to do your town and like the five surrounding towns, you can kind of control it there. And that will help you not only make sure it's super relevant uh, to your local community, but also help um, 
you know, as far as budget goes. Uh, so you're not just, you know, you're not you're not advertising around the world or even in the, in your country. You're you're keeping it to that like local targeted advertising campaign for the type of patients or people you want to treat. Yeah, and I've seen people do that poorly, where an ad or something will come through, and I look at it and I go, whatever whatever they're selling, it's a physical product, but they're not even, and you click on it and it's like nowhere near cans. <laughs> it could be in another country, and it's just you know that obviously they someone's done the the targeting wrong, and it's not it's not where it should be. I yeah, that happens all the time. I, especially for people, I would say like my my perfect example is the people in. Manhattan, New York versus Manhattan, Kansas, right? So like if you happen to make one small mistake and setting up, just let's go after the keyword Manhattan or we're just, you've typed in Manhattan and like somehow selected Kansas instead of New York. And now you're advertising there. Like that's, you know, that's hundreds of or thousands of dollars of ad spend that, you know, you can check it, but like if you're just not used to those tools, it can be a bit confusing. Um, And Facebook and these other platforms want you to spend your money. So like uh, they're not they're, they're not, not going like, to tell you they're not going to tell you and they're not going to give you a refund right if you make a mistake it's on you yeah so they're not going to say hey Jim did you mean cans Australia or <laughs> cans in Canada and you go ah oh, okay yeah sorry I grew up near uh, Sydney Illinois right yes so uh, so like uh, that's a little bit different than Sydney Australia so like you definitely have to keep your eyes on those things so what what budget. When you're talking Facebook ads, because I know it's it's not overly expensive, what type of budget would you recommend someone needs to spend to get a good result? Yeah, this kind of gets into like how to like like how should you approach it? Like, what should the time frame be? Like, how do like now that you you know how to set like maybe you know how to set it up yeah. from like the tooling aspect of things, but like what is that like plan of action you're going to take with this tool? Uh, in order to get some positive results for your clinic. And that's kind of, you know, what it's the best place to start in my mind is like a, a monthly campaign uh, focused on like a specific topic, right? So, and, and like generally what I say for most people just getting started, depending on what location you're at, like generally like a $500 a month budget is like a decent place to start from an ad spend perspective. Obviously, if you do DIY it, you can just only spend $500, but you're probably going to spend an additional maybe three, you know, 250 to $300 on someone to set these things up for you yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, so like you're somewhere in the ballpark of, you know, 800, like 500 to $800 per month, but it's really focused on these kind of iterative campaigns because like we talked about someone, it's coming up in somebody's feed and like it has to be something that's relatively, you know, fresh. If you're just showing them the same thing for, if we try to run the same Facebook ads for a year, like it's gonna just be fading into the background, not engaging. They've seen it five thousand times. Like they're not gonna click it, click on it the five thousand and one time. So having it be a month is kind of like a good place to to see uh, if that campaign is working. And then maybe like you talked about in some of the other things, some of our other podcasts, like you keep that in your back pocket and maybe you bring it out next quarter or in six months from now. It worked. It was great, but like we can't just like you just kind of beat a dead horse with like with this campaign. So so that's kind of the way to approach it. And there's there's different ways as far as like, so what should I like, you know, so that that being said, we know the budget, we know like the time frame, like what do we even like what do we even do? And I think um, you know, really like the main focus for that I've seen the best results with is um, not only from like a 
people making appointments for Secta, but also awareness about the clinic um, are video related uh, advertisements. Move, moving pictures are just more engaging to us humans, like colors and people talking, other human faces, talking to other humans. It's just, it's just more of an engaging environment as opposed to like a bunch of text or just a, a photo of a foot, like um, that's definitely a stock image. Like those things don't connect as much. I will also mention that you have to be careful with um, the amount of text you have in a photo or even a video sometimes that that will get flagged if it's over a certain percentage and may not be shown. They want they really want more photos and videos like in that window and the text to be what you supply like like on that kind of text section of the Facebook ad, not on that ad uh, as far as the video or the or the photo goes yeah i've been i've been smashed a few times on that yeah it definitely is a problem because like i think it's over like 30 percent. i'd have to look at the they, they always change these things right yeah. they're always changing like what percentage of the surface you know the area of the image or the video can be text and it's always it's always changing so i usually like a lot of practice these days when getting started will create some type of video content maybe it's like uh, like a one or two minute testimonial with a patient is either professionally done or done by like, you know, we all have these HD cameras in our pockets now. You know, if you do have it on a tripod and you get a good testimonial that can be cut together by somebody, there are ways of creating workflows like that. But a lot of clinics now have these one minute or two minute videos that can be utilized uh, for Facebook ads and kind of repurposed in a way where you're not having to go spend thousands of dollars additionally to make uh, more videos. So like that's that's one thing I've used with clients in the past that have that have previously invested, whether it be five years or ten years ago. If it's still really good content, um, a video is you know as long as it's not too, it doesn't look too dated from a design perspective. It can still be better than than just a plain photo or any kind of uh, text based advertising. How does this relate with Facebook pixels? Yeah, we'll we'll get into that a little bit. I think before we jump to the, that specific yeah. as far as like the attribution and how do we know it's working? I would say that there's like, there's really three type of campaigns that I think people should consider, um, you know, when jump, you know, when kind of like considering Facebook ads, number one is like, I would call like the gen the general, um, you know, uh, video advertisement, basically talking about who you are, what your practice is, where you're located, kind of like you're that member of the community, you're that local expert and it yeah. positions you that way. I think that's one great one, whether you're new at practice or you're trying to reintroduce yourself to the area or to local patients, or maybe you're experimenting around other local suburbs or other local places. It's a good place to, to that's the type of creative or the type of video that's good to use. Um, the second thing is really appealing to a specific like patient demographic. If you're really wanting to be the marathon podiatrist or the running podiatrist, having an ad that has that flavor that shows you as the expert in that niche or that subspecialty you're working at the medical tent if you can do that or you're at you know there's some interaction with you and runners that makes you look uh, author you know authoritative that's hugely important um and the third option is more kind of i would say like the procedure or the diagnosis stuff like we kind of touched on there like if you want more ingrown toenails like like i talked about you may not be able to show a toe or you know or like even a you know, a, like a drawing of a toe with an ingrown toenail, but if you have a testimonial um, with someone talking about how they were in pain, they did a, you know, an, an office procedure and they felt so much better. You provided amazing care. Like that, that's another, another option. I think those three types of campaigns that can be um, good places for people to start with Facebook ads. Yeah. And also your branding 
with any photographs or videos you do, trying to make sure you've got your logo in that picture somewhere or a consistent color so that it sort of ties in with your business release. Because I've seen some people where they'll post something on Facebook, and it's not me talking just podiatry, just the business in general. I'll see the photo, and the the photo looks so out of brand to what they normally do. And and you might know that company, and all of a sudden it feels a little bit um, rushed or just inconsistent with what the the normal brand is. Yeah, that can be a huge problem, right? Like it, uh, if there's kind of that disconnect, right? Yeah. Like they're on Facebook, they see something, and then they go to your web page, and it feels like completely different. Um, that kind of difference in branding, or that just kind of that gut reaction that people will have, they feel like people don't want to be like feel like it's a bait and switch, right? Like they don't want to feel oh, like. Yeah. They, they were promised one thing, it looked like this, and then they clicked a button and they went somewhere else that looks like a completely different world. That's exactly, I, I definitely agree. That's kind of like the biggest, there could be a huge disconnect there. So there has to be, you know, if that, if that five-year-old video is a completely different <laughs> logo, you had a beard, but you no longer have a beard, you gained- You had hair. Well, you know, everyone's gonna like, you know, everyone's got, everyone's got their own hair issues, but it is that, that kind of connection that, that is super important. I think- I would also say that like there is, you know, whether, whether when you're making those videos, um, you really want it to be you showing you doing things in, you know, your clinic, your staff, maybe you interacting with a mock patient. If you're using any kind of stock image images or, or videos that's stock, like you're going to have to, whether it's the filter or the lighting, it's going to have to match somehow. Otherwise, like you talked about, it'll like, it might feel like you're saving maybe $200 or $300 by splicing in some of this kind of like stock, these stock photos or stock videos, but like that, that it really erodes trust in my mind. If you don't have something that's coherent uh, and consistent, uh, you know, with the lighting and everything um, that really tells your story visually uh, can be a huge, huge problem. Yeah. I have noticed that on people's websites, I know we've mentioned websites a lot with different things, but when it comes to the photographs, where they're using a photo in an ad, and as soon as you look at it, you know it's a stock photo. It's just, it's so stock, it's terrible. So I think it's, I think it's really important. And I know when I've seen ads on Facebook and I go, oh, that's interesting, I've clicked on it. And like you said, you click on it and it goes to a website, it goes somewhere and you go, nah, that's, that doesn't seem right. Then whenever you see their ad again, you, you won't click on it because you've already been burnt by it. So I think it's really important if you give what you're promising in that particular ad. Yeah, you just have to like follow through with like a, a genuine offer um, and build trust. Otherwise, that that click was just wasted money. And not only does it wasted money, but then you set up bad feelings where the person's never going to come back again. Oh yeah, and, the, and that happens a lot. And I've seen podiatry ads that are promoting different things that have come through. And I have, a, I click on them and I go, oh, well, that was a bad experience. <laughs> when I see that person promoting something again, I go, I automatically, I don't have any trust with you anymore because that didn't make any sense the, the first time. Yeah. I mentioned about the pixels. How's that relate with your Facebook advertising? Yeah, I'd say there's like two major challenges associated with Facebook advertising. The first is that unlike Google search ads or things where people are searching actively for something, yeah, these Facebook ads are just showing up in the feed based off of that demographic information you put into the campaign and what you're kind of hoping to get out of the campaign. So it is important to note that like, uh, this is not the like, 
the highest, I would say, return on investment. It can be very lucrative if you're doing it the right way. I'm not saying it can't work, but like if you're expecting it to work as well as Google search ads, you're probably unless you have amazing content, you're probably going to be a little bit disappointed. So it is important to note that like this is a kind of an awareness play along with kind of a uh, a way to try to get patient appointments for certain things. But just know that going in because no one goes to Facebook looking for an ingrown toenail specialist, right? Or no, no one is looking for that running podiatrist when they're scrolling through Facebook. So just keep that in mind. Number one, uh, number two, like you mentioned, Tyson, like, you know, there are ways that on, on your website, you can put in a small piece of code uh, as Tyson referred to as it, like the Facebook pixel, or maybe it's called the meta pixel now that, yeah. uh, you know, it's, uh, they've changed their name and they want to be part of the metaverse now. Um, so this piece of code, basically what it tells is that when someone clicks on one of your advertisements, um, on Facebook itself, and they, they land onto your website, it helps meta or Facebook kind of connect those dots. Um, and it used to be very clear, um, back in the day and when web browsers, uh, like had less, had less ad blocking and kind of like would like without your permission, kind of share all this data back and forth. Uh, but those things have changed now. There's a lot of uh, like ad blocking and browsers, especially yeah. I iOS, Apple, Safari. Um, there's different types of uh, internet browsers now that just will not allow that communication to happen now. So it makes this kind of like, how do I know it's working? Or how can I, like the Facebook used to tell you like kind of clear attribution statistics, right? 20 people clicked, five people made schedule and it was very clear the data. It's no longer like that. So there's there are definitely ways now you can um, address this lack of attribution. Number one is that you know some of it's you know there's different there's a range of it. Number one, it's kind of like you can kind of like do some internal tracking uh, by yourself. So whether it's an online form and patients make an appointment, or whether it's uh, if you're still doing you know paper uh, patient intake forms, if you have a box there that says how did you find out about us? Or you have your staff ask, you know, how did, you know, why did you come in today for that ingrown toenail? Like, how yeah. did you hear about us? That's one way of trying to, you know, if they say, you know, I found you on Facebook, I clicked on a Facebook ad, you know, if they said they found you on Facebook, most likely, and that's what you're advertising that month, you, you, there's probably a clear correlation there. Um, you know, if you do feel that there can be sometimes, you know, I just feel like I saw more ingrown toenails this month after advertising. Well, it would definitely work that way because if you were promoting yeah. a particular service, for example, it could be uh, Shockwave. You've just bought yourself a new Shockwave, you're promoting that. And if the only place you were promoting it was Facebook and all of a sudden you saw the numbers go up for that particular service, then you go, oh, that must be working. No, no, 100%. But just like, I think, um, you know, especially when people are investing in marketing or investing in Facebook ads, they want to see that return on investment, which is yeah. completely understandable um but just know that like it's not as clear as it used to be so you know finding some ways either in the clinic or on your online forums to have those to, like you talked about like asking just asking the patient you know how did you hear about us those are ways for you to kind of create that data and that attribution which is a little bit more time consuming than just like pulling up a dashboard online uh but that's kind of where we're at as far as that type of uh that type of online advertising when it comes to facebook so with back to the pixels just for a sec, because you mentioned sure. you get some code and you put it on your website. Is it a different code you need to put on different pages or is it the same code and it knows where to go? How, how does, like if someone's listening to this and they go, okay, well, how do I put a 
pixel code on my website, do they just talk to the website developer to actually get them to do it? Yeah, so they would have the website developer do it and they would probably talk to the Facebook advertising. So they have, you have to basically set up these, what they call kind of custom conversions, yeah. like within, within the meta or the Facebook platform, just to make sure that, you know, like we want, so like, for example, a lot of patients, a lot of patients or sorry, a lot of clinics when they, uh, when someone submits like a request for an appointment, they'll have, they'll land on what they call like a, like a thank you page. Yeah. So like every time, every time that thank you page is triggered and it's linked back to Facebook, like, you know, like, um, and if there's been a kind of a conversion, a custom conversion set up on the Facebook side, but that, that pixel kind of lives on every page on the website. You just tell like Facebook where to look for that specific type of conversion within their kind of software, their dashboard. Okay. And just one final question. When people are marketing something through Facebook and they are clicking on it, are you setting <laughs> up? Yeah. Why, why are you laughing at me? Well, no, I thought you meant like when the podiatrist clicking on their own ads. I'm like, that's no. probably not a good idea. No. <laughs> I think you've got an ad going and it might be a heel problem, for example, or shockwave sure. therapy. Someone clicks on that ad and they go, yep, that's great. You don't want to take them just to your homepage. You want to take them to a specific page that talks about that you don't want them going to your website and then having to hunt through everything to try and find that particular thing that they they clicked on that interested them in the first place. No, that's a perfect example. And, and the kind of the terminology for that type of page is what we call a landing page. Yes. Uh, so like that landing page, like we talked about, should it should match kind of what the ad shows, right? Like it needs to have that a similar look and feel to what the ad did. It can't be that complete disconnect. And it also really needs to kind of, uh, you know, have like clear calls to action and be obviously super topically relevant about what that ad was about, right? If we're yeah. doing shockwave one month and ingrown toenails the next month, we're not going to send them to that same landing page, right? We're going to send them to a landing page um, with, with an ingrown toenail campaign. It's going to say, you know, like cans, you know, ingrown toenail specialist, Dr. Tyson Franklin, you know, make legend. an appointment, legend, <laughs> podiatry legend, right? Um, and then there's maybe like three reviews saying, you know, like, you know, Tyson did an all right job on my toe. Like I didn't have to get amputated. No, like just, uh, no, just like, you know, those, those testimonials and those reviews for you that say like, that are specific to that procedure as well, if you have those, right? You don't want to have like uh, a review on there that says like, he's really good at in, he's really good at heel pain or i mean that's fine if you're doing the shockwave thing but yeah. if you can make all of those testimonials and reviews like dialed in on ingrown toenail and you know the contents about ingrown toenail a little bit of information but all these kind of calls to action that position you as the expert and they know why they're there cuz basically like the call to action on facebook was probably either book now learn more um, you know th those types of call to actions are super important both on Facebook and on the landing page. And like you said, the landing page and the ad really need to have, be in lockstep as far as the feeling, the branding. Um, so there's not that kind of feeling of a bait and switch. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So to wrap up, have you got a final point about Facebook people need to know before we finish up? Yeah, I think it can still be a highly effective when used in the right way, right? There's definitely things to set up. There's definitely... You know, it's it's a little bit different uh, from a return on investment perspective than uh, than your Google Ads and some of those other things. But definitely, the type of targeting that can be done, the visual component uh, of of the ads can be very appealing. And if you if you build these campaigns in a way that you know kind of what that deliverable is you want to provide, or the yeah. the awareness or the 
expertise you want to provide, you can set up some ways to you know you know correlate that or create attribution to make sure that you are getting that return on investment. I think it can be um, when you have a rotation of really good Facebook video ads, it can still be a, a very powerful way to build your practice. Okay, well, on that note, Jim, I think we've covered Facebook pretty well. I think anyone that listened to this, if they were thinking about Facebook ads, have, I think, taken away some great information. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, My pleasure, Tyson. Talk to you next week. Sounds great. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.